It's time for Bump and Run, the podcast all about golf. Here are your hosts, Bob and Jamie. And welcome to another edition of the Bump and Run podcast. I'm Run. And I am Bump. What's happening? there? Nothing. Just uh, exciting times. We got uh, U.S. Open women. We got U.S. Open men. We got qualifying. We got... Uh, all sorts of great stories to talk about today. I uh, know, and you, uh, you had a, you had a, were at the TaylorMade Lab too. I did. I went up to TaylorMade, and thanks to our good pal Nick Obrich, I got into the fitting in the new, uh, new studio that they've got there. It's, it's pretty, pretty crazy good. Yeah, they kind of turn you into a, um, into like a stick man on the screen, and you can see where your body is and where it moves, and for better or worse, mostly in my case for worse. <laughs> yeah, that's how it would be for me. <laughs> yeah, but it was pretty revealing. It was good, and they got me fit into uh, uh, a set of senior old guy clubs. Not really. No, I got to, I got a nice fitting, and uh, and we'll be uh, not too far off of hopefully getting those clubs and giving them a whirl if I ever get a chance to play. I haven't, I've only played like two and a half rounds of golf. I mean, the weather's been... Yeah, it hasn't been really great for golf. I haven't, uh, I haven't played yet, so it's... Uh, yeah. I was at I PEI last week. We were shooting a, uh, a commercial for Asante, one of our Asante commercials, and we went to Crowbush, and I landed on Tuesday, and it was beautiful. It was like 19 and sunny, and then the next day, it was still sunny, but it was 8 degrees. Oh, my God. <laughs> blowing, and then it was uh, the next day was back to 24, so it's crazy weather. Yeah, everywhere. it's uh, yeah, right now, like, it's just dingy and windy, and it's just not, I don't like to play golf in this weather. I don't either. I like. I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind if it's cool, but the, yeah, the wind and the, the wind is crazy. Dank stuff. Anyway, um, so speaking of bad weather, how about the U.S. Women's Open? Oh, Let's man. start with that because what a disaster! I mean, the uh, the rains and the subtropical storm Antonio or whatever mm-hmm. it was was yep. uh, ravaged the golf course, and a lot of the players didn't even have practice rounds. The first round they played was was off the uh, the first tee on yeah. Thursday. Um, kind of a kind of a horrible situation. Yeah, it's kind of. Uh... I, I'm not sure that really happens often. Like, usually you get breaks in the weather and you can get out for practice rounds, but the course was closed all Tuesday. So, like, the course was – I think they got to hit on the range at some point on Tuesday when it cleared up. But so, it, it was, you know, the whole – you know, and then there was a controversy with whether they play lift clean in place because it was just so drenched from all the rain <laughs> that they got. And then they were like, nope, we're not doing that. Um you know, I know Christy Kerr, who actually had a decent finish, was one of the more vocal players about, yeah, we should be playing lift clean in place. I had a, had a cool. There was a cool picture of uh, of uh, Chris Stevenson from Post Media. He went out to a driving range to hit some golf balls, and in the booth beside him was one of the LPGA players That's hitting right. golf balls because that was right. the only place you could find only him place to, like to hit some some balls at some just range really down unprecedented, the unprecedented. Um, that the course was closed for so long. Like most people only got like nine holes of practice, maybe on the Wednesday. Um, yeah. You might have got some if you came early. Uh, but yeah, it was. But in the end, the course was in pretty decent shape. Um, to the, the, super, to the grounds the crew, crew. Yeah, like wow. did an amazing job to get that on and we were praised by all the players um, to actually get that thing playable because there was yeah. a lot of rain. Um, I should promo a bit here. Just is, I'm going to interrupt here for a minute. We're going to talk with uh, Garrett Rank, the uh, NHL referee who qualified for the U.S. Men's Open. So stay tuned for that. But back to the Women's Open, the um, the playoff. Mm-hmm. I mean, the final day was just <laughs> bizarre. Yeah, that final nine holes 
Um, when Arya Jutanagarn came to the tenth hole with a seven-shot lead, I believe seven it was. Seven-shot lead, yeah. And she was just—I—I I, I don't know what happened in her game on the back nine, but you know she hits that long iron, um, which she hits a ton, but she couldn't get into the fairway. Missing she hit, well, she hit a three. She hit a three wood off the tenth tee, and that's the one that she hit into the into the cabbage, and she couldn't find it. it led to the triple bogey. So she right. said, "Okay, I'm not going to use that three wood anymore. I got no confidence in it." And her caddy kept trying to tell her, "Look, your your two iron goes further than most people's drivers out here, so don't mm-hmm. worry about it." But she said she couldn't be aggressive with it because she she was just too nervous with it. Right. Um. And and it, obviously she was leaking oil coming in. Yeah, it was it was amazing, you know. And even in that playoff, it didn't seem, you know, it didn't seem like anybody wanted to finish it off. You know, birdie on the first, and Arya's down one on the two two hole aggregate, which is the first time for the USGA, which they they changed the playoff format to the two hole aggregate, and and then the bogey eighteen, and now we're back at it. And then every nobody could hit it. Arya couldn't hit it in the fairway. Uh, she made two uh, really really good bunker shots on the last two playoff holes. One that led to her finally winning, that um, kept her in that thing. But she showed some fight um, to actually bring that thing home. I, I mean. I was just sort of, um, I was just sort of, I was glued to it. It was intriguing, yeah, but probably not for the right reasons. No, <laughs> probably not because it was, it was uh, good golf. It was just kind of, it wasn't terrible golf by any means, but it was just kind of back and forth. And it, I don't know, what do you think about that format with the the two hole playoff? I, I the two hole, you know, the two hole might be short. Um, I understand why the USGA is doing it. I know why they're doing it. It's because the PGA has a three-hole right. and the British Open British has a four. So we, we have to be different, right? That's right. And Augusta has a sudden death. And, hey, nobody's happier than, you know, probably the media or all media that the 18-hole playoff is gone. Yeah. But I don't think you need to have a different playoff format for every major championship. I really don't. Um, let's and I think, settle I think, on one. I, I think – as we saw with this one, more often than not, what's going to end up happening is it's going to be sudden death because right. I think two holes is not really enough to distinguish, um, especially if you just play two par fours. Exactly. I think that, right. you know, I don't think you're going to see – it all depends. I mean, I'm certainly sometimes it's going to happen, but I bet you 75% of the time you're going to end up going to a sudden death playoff. Yeah, I would. Yeah, exactly. And then more often than not, it's going to be more than one hole because all they did was play – 10-18, 10-18, right? And they were two, you know, two par fours. And they weren't yeah. easy par fours. The 18th was a, was a tough par four. 10 sure. wasn't easy as well. And, you know, Hoju Kim makes birdie on the first with a bomb, right, by making a bomb. But then bogey's the 18th. And now we're here we are. We're back in. Uh, we're into the yeah. sudden death. So it's, it's just not enough. I think, I th- you know, I think the three-hole format that the PGA uses is probably that number if you don't want to do sudden death. There's nothing wrong I, I with like sudden the, death, right? I like the four-hole. I like the four-hole. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good test. Gives you a chance if you fall behind to catch up. Uh, I think that's a really good one. I think the Open Championship has the best system, but I don't know if two is enough. Anyway, we'll right. find out. As long as good. you it's... can get a good mix of holes, too, right? You don't want to yeah. have four par fours, but if you can mix in a par five, maybe a par, par three, three. Or, or, you know, a drivable par four or something like that, you know, whether, whatever, you know, and again, they're going to go by what's the easiest holes to get to in a four-hole stretch, right? Um, yeah. But as long as you have a nice mix, 
for that play. I thought, you know, the four holes fine, but I think two is just too short. I think we can both agree to that, agree on that. I I agree. I think yeah. the um, I don't know. I think it'll, well, we'll see what happens. I, I'd like to see, love to see what happens if it got going into the U.S. Open right. men's event. And speaking of that, here's my uh, segue. That's a beautiful uh, segue <laughs> into into Shinnecock. Uh, uh, we're going to see what happens in Long Island. This is, of course, the scene of the disaster that happened mm-hmm. in 2004. We were both there for that one, That's and it right. was a uh, that last day was Ugh. as bad uh, a tournament as I've ever seen in terms of setup uh, and everything that was going on. It was it was pretty crazy out there. But uh, this year, they seem to think that they've got everything in order. They've right. got a lot more technology at their hand. They've got a lot more. I think a lot different people and different yeah, setups going on. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But yeah, yeah, yeah but you know. It's a new, a new regime, right? And they completely lost Shinnecock last time. Um, oh yeah, there was very little grass on greens. Like I remember, I remember kneeling on the 18th hole on the 18th green during the trophy ceremony with our cameraman Mark. Uh, we were just shooting the trophy presentation to Retief Goosen, and I had to keep switching knees. That's how much it hurt to kneel on these greens. And I, at one point in time, looked over at Mark and I go. Listen to this. And I wrapped my hand on the green, and it sounded like a door. <laughs> like, it sounded like I was knocking on a door. And that's just, that's not right. It's just not well, right have, to have greens like that. I have two two memories that stand out for me. One was, we were trying to get an interview with Mike Weir on Saturday night. And he was in the hunt. He actually ended yes. up finishing fourth. Stephen Ames, both of them were in the top ten that week. That's right. That's right. So, but I remember we were standing on the green and, and Mike was trying to sink this one putt. It was about six feet. And he said, <laughs> he kept rolling it and and rolling it and missing it. And not because he was hitting a bad putt, but because the grass was sort of, there was dead grass and live grass and it kept mm-hmm. bouncing like one of those Plinko things on The Price is Right. And, uh, and he kept saying, Weeksy, I'm just going to sink this putt. I have to sink this putt. And I bet you we waited 25 minutes for yep. it before it finally went in the hole. And he was laughing at it and scratching his head. And then the other one was, of course, where we, we, where we had to drive out to the TV compound was right by the seventh hole. That's right. And we, after we finished everything up at the media center, we had this long drive out there. It was probably a fifteen-minute cart ride. And as we were going by at, I don't know what, ten, yeah, at night, but yeah, close maybe. to that. It was just the sun was just going down. Like it, it's actually a beautiful time to be on a really good golf course like that because it's so peaceful. Yeah, and it looks great. But yeah. Anyway, the they were they had the rollers out on the seventh yeah, green. They were rolling amazing. it, even though they had said that day and they said the next day that they did not roll the green. That's I mean, right. If, we had, if, it, if it had been the era of of iPhones, you know, we would have taped that. And, That's right. And so yeah, actually you were, and uh, of course it came back to bite them the next day. The uh, <laughs> just that seventh some, hole was. I was just writing a script for for a piece that's going to be on Sports Center. The first two groups played. The seventh hole in ten over par. <laughs> it was that that hole is so severe as it is with the slope, right? From uh, yeah. if you're looking from the tee from right to left, and right. and I just remember sitting. We were following Weirsy that day, and I remember we're behind the hole, and they were syringing. That's how bad it got. It was so hot, yeah. and there was so much wind on that Sunday that everything was drying out so quickly, and they were already ridiculously dry. And again, like you said about the rolling the greens on Saturday, that was the worst thing they did. And then, yeah. and so they syringed in between groups. So they syringed one. Billy Mayfair hit a shot, which on that par three, it was kind of long. Guys were hitting probably four irons or something like that, I think. Like so you, maybe, you had to, 
You had to kind of not quite that much. Maybe not that much, but you kind of had to chase it up there because you couldn't stop it. So you kind of had to bounce it short of the green and let it roll on up. Well, Billy Mayfair hit a really good shot, rolled up to about four or five feet, and he made the birdie. Weirsy's in the next group. They don't syringe. He hits literally the exact same shot, and it rolls it rolls up. And by the hole and down, almost I bl- stopped. Almost, almost, stopped, right? almost stopped, and then kept going. And I don't think it made it into the bunker, but it was in the it was in the rough there. And you could look back and see Mike on the tee throwing his arms up in the air, going like <laughs> I remember that. Like he was he was one guy that was really upset about the syringing after in between every um, other hole, I, and then they switched it to every group, right? Yeah, I'm not sure if it was. I'm not sure if you had your Billy Mayfair comments right if i got it wrong but but what i have here was that billy mayfair hit it to 10 feet it stopped and his putt he putted into the bunker okay maybe it went it went, yeah. it went by the hole and like almost stopped and then kept rolling and rolling and rolling and rolled into this bunker that was about 40, 40 right. feet away from where he was right nuts but you're right it just either case it was just absolutely ridiculous well this year should be a little bit better and yeah. uh with some good news on we have adam hadwin in the field amongst mm-hmm. canadians and it was good to see a couple of Canucks get in to the uh, through the qualifying in terms of uh, of the sectional qualifying. Mackenzie Hughes, who's been right. a uh, a stalwart at qualifying, this is the second time he's done it, almost the third time. Yep. And then he's an uh, the, the cool third story, time. the cool story with uh, with um, Garrett Rank. Garrett Rank, he was getting a lot of lot of press. <laughs> yeah, which you know, I, I that was one tweet that I sent out that it is conf- like when. Uh, because Garrett, had, he was one of the first off, so he was in the clubhouse yep. at two under. There was another guy that was also in the clubhouse at two under. There were only three qualifiers from that uh, from that uh, sectional, and so there were about three guys that were at even or one under with some holes to play that could have come up. And you figured he was at least getting into a playoff of some sort. Right. And then a couple guys bogeyed, and it ended up he once once Roberto Castro and whoever he was playing with. Um, finish that hole you knew he was in right. so um, so I tweeted that out it's confirmed Garrett Rank will make uh, his US Open debut and it got a ridiculous amount of retweets and likes because Bob McKenzie then retweeted it and you know put TSN out a story like it. yeah TSN <laughs> Hockey and then Bob McKenzie and then Duffy and like all these guys with millions of followers I only got you know, TSN Golf only has 3400 but like it just kept going and going and going, and I I still get them. Like I still get them if you go on the TSN Golf notification that hey, oh there it is again. <laughs> but it was... it got a lot of play, a lot of play. Well, so is our interview with him coming up at the end here. Right. We're gonna we're gonna play. We had a little chance to chat with him. He's actually playing in an amateur golf tournament, a big one, the Dogwood Invitational in Atlanta this yeah. week, and then going right up to the U.S. Open. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a cool story, and and we'll we'll leave that. You can listen to that interview uh, at the end. But I think it's cool for Matt Hughes because he's yep. starting now to come out. He had such a terrible start oh, to the year, missed, start. missed the cut in thirteen of his first fifteen starts, uh, but now has um, uh, has, has kind of made some strides to change a few things. And it looks like he's he's I think he's made the cut in three of his last four now. Right, and the swing uh, changes are starting to take shape. Um, yeah, he's kind of gone. He told me at the players that basically what. He's not really making big swing changes as he is making like tiny tweaks, but he tried to make a whole bunch at once, and now he's kind of gone back to just what he used to do, which is just kind of work on one thing at a time, try and improve it a little bit, 
and go from there, and it seems right. to be paying dividends. It's, it's as Lee Trevino told me once: you got to dance with who brung you. And, that's uh, right. That's what that's, that's the game that got him onto the PGA Tour. So why why go away from that? That's the one thing that always baffles me about golfers is they're always tweak, tweak, tweak. Like you know, a guy like say VJ Singh, who we've seen on the range countless times, he's got every yeah. swing aid or tool known to man on the on the driving range, and you know. This is a guy who's won multiple majors, who's won about 20, 25 times on tour, something like that, had an amazing career, won nine times in one year, and he's always looking to make tweaks. You know, Patty Harrington won three majors in six years, or in six, in six tournaments when Tiger was injured, and starts making swing changes and then goes away for two years. Um, yeah, exactly. It's amazing, like, you know. You know, you take a guy like, you know, Bubba or Jim Furyk who, you know, got man-made swings. They're not the most ideal swings, but they work, and they're successful with it, and they don't really touch it. Right. Stay you, with what you You know, want. you get to the PGA Tour with a certain swing, you know. Why? You know, you, why can, you, make, you can make why improvements. You can get better right. at your putting or your chipping or different things, but you don't have to go away from the main body of your of your golf swing. I, yeah. And again, like this is, I'm 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 an amateur, <laughs> high right, handicapper. Do you have a you have a, you have a favorite uh, for next week? Do you think there's a couple of guys that you think might do it? Yeah, I think there's. You know, I think one of the hands down favorites is Justin Rose, who uh, has yeah. has you know won a U.S. Open back in 2013 at Marion. You know, similar sort of course, with like it's an older course. But again, the way he's playing right now, um, after you know winning a couple weeks ago and then almost, and then being in contention at the Memorial, um, I think he's one of the guys that jumps out of the page because I don't really think there, are, you know, I, when you when you're talking about guys to focus on, you know, last year we were all focused on DJ, and how and and you're focused on Jordan and all these guys. I don't think there's one guy that jumps out and grabs you, um, aside yeah. from Justin Rose. You know, you you've seen flashes of. Justin Thomas playing well, but then again, he hasn't been all that great lately. Jordan's struggling. Rory has, has a good week, then a bad week. You know, DJ's been up and down. Uh, it's interesting. I, I, you know, the guy that I, the guy I'm keeping my eye on is Jason Day. Yeah. I think he's really starting to round into form and playing some of the golf like he did a couple of years ago when he was winning lots. Um, he might not quite be at that form yet, but I uh, I like his game. He's, but he's, uh, he's you, you're starting to see that consistency, and again, the putting – is back. Yeah, that's the Which key. is, uh, you know, again, like, ideally these greens are going to be fine, but you needed to be, like, how many one-putts did Retief Goosen make in 04? 12, I 12. think. Yeah. Um, and that was on ridiculously hard greens because they were so bumpy. Um, but I think the way Justin Rose is swinging, like, you know, and, and even if you look at Tiger, you know, I'm really intrigued. I, I thought the Masters would have been his best shot, maybe the British. But I'm intrigued by Tiger coming into Shinnecock this week. Um, yeah, I'm not as worried about, you know, his putting was disastrous last yeah. week. And his, his driving wasn't great, but his driving numbers were kind of skewed by a few, like, really bad misses. Right. Overall, I, I think Tiger kind of drove the ball like Tiger does. He's never mm -hmm. been a great driver of the ball. Let's, right. let's sort of say that. Um, but his iron play is so good. So when he does hit it in the fairway, it gives him such an advantage. Right. And I think he can. I think he can fix his putter. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried. It's not to me as as big a a problem as as it might seem to be. So you know, if he gets that going, who knows? Yeah. I, you know, I really like his chances. Actually, um, you know, it's I don't know if you agree with, but 
the fact that around the green with his chipping, his bunker play and everything seems to be working, obviously into the green, he was what, he blew away the field in tee to green um, yeah. at, the, at the memorial. Um, it, was ju- it was basically, he was last in putting. And he yeah. was number one in approach, number one tee to green. I think it was three in around the green. And obviously it was driver it putter was, was, yeah. the, was the problem. Um, right, the, the stuff in between was working well. Right, the driver's always going to be the problem. I don't think he fixes yeah. that, but I agree with you. I think the putter he can fix quite easily, and yeah, I, if he's so. if he keeps hitting the ball, you know, if he keeps hitting the ball from the fairway and and can kind of get his ball into the fairway, and you know that short game stays steady um, around the greens, look out for Tiger. Okay, quick hitters, real quick here before we go. Uh, well, you didn't Hamilton. you didn't say who you like aside like, from Jason Day. Um, I. I, I like Jason Day. I think Jason yeah. Day, as I, as I kind of said. So I'm going to look at that. But I'm also I'm also keeping an eye out for some kind of a dark horse this time. And I don't know who that is, but some guy we're not expecting from mm-hmm. back in the pack somewhere. So we'll see. A uh, couple quick hitters for you. Okay. Uh, Hamilton Golf and Country Club going to get the 2019 and possibly 2023 That's right. RBC Canadian Opens. You like that? I do. Um, I think the players uh, enjoyed Hamilton. Um Still waiting on that date, but if all the rumors are true and we're looking at probably the Greenbrier. July 4th to July 7th, 4th. 2019, you can book it. That's what yeah. I'm saying right now. Right. <laughs> and so if, if that's the spot where it's in between the U.S. and British, maybe we get, again, the high-range players may not play, but you get a lot more from 25 to 50 playing yeah. than we did before. Um Okay, yeah, I, I like Hamilton. I do like Hamilton. Okay, another quick hitter for you. The Shot Clock Masters this week on the European Tour. I love that, man. I really do. It's fun. Like, again, I don't think they can do it regularly. But if you watched on Sunday at the Memorial, wow. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. that last group was slow. Disasterville. It and was, uh, even if you watch the NCAA men's. Oh. They were playing at a snail's pace. And this is what's, you know, and the PGA won't penalize these guys. You penalize no, guys. If you start to penalize guys, they will go faster. Give so, them a stroke penalty. Give, I, that's all you got to do. Don't find them. You can't find them right. because it doesn't, doesn't mean anything to them. Yeah. Give them a stroke penalty. I, I, I like the idea of the shot clock. Um, well, what was it in the, was it in the, the sixes, that, that sixes team event? That they had the yep. shot clock and and one of the guys did get did get penalized. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I right. think I think if nothing else, it shows you a how much time these guys do take at certain mm-hmm. things, and and b that they can play quickly if they're asked to, exactly, or forced to. Yeah, you got to. So I think it's just you, you got to force their hand. Um, so I like it as a again we talk about all these one offs, right? I'm not sure that would work every week, but hey, no, but if as if the players know it's coming, you have no excuse. That's exactly so get right. out there, get your yardage, and go. Okay, we'll be back. Uh, we'll try, I think we'll try and do something next week during the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. And uh, But before that, we want you to take you right now to the conversation that I had with Garrett Rank, NHL referee, and now a U.S. Open contestant. He'll and be a, in the field and, next week. And a very accomplished amateur golfer who's played in countless USG events um, in his exactly career. Right. Exactly right. He came close to actually playing in, in the Masters, as you'll mention in this uh, in this interview. Uh, so we'll leave you with that, and uh, we'll look for you next time. I'm Run. And I'm Bump. Enjoy the interview.
Joined now by Garrett Rank and uh, Garrett. First of all, congratulations! What a what a performance! Uh, and they do call it the longest day in golf. I know in terms of time it takes, but I'm sure it's a long day for you guys as players as well to try and get through that qualifying. Tell me about it. Yeah, I uh, got off to a really good start and then uh, kind of struggled uh, for a couple holes and, and hold out a nine iron, uh, which kind of got me reignited uh, going into the afternoon round. And um, down in Atlanta, the weather was really hot and. Uh, we kind of knew where we stood, so it was uh, it went from an enjoyable walk to really uh, intense, high-pressure build situation. But uh, we managed to uh, sneak through, and, and I'm really excited. You played in a number of big events before USGA Championships and Canadian Open, obviously. But what does it mean for you to get into the U.S. Open? A major championship, uh, one of the biggest tournaments in the world. Uh, huge honor really proud of, of what I've accomplished. In 2012, uh, I was really bummed out by not being able to play in the Masters, essentially missed it by one shot. And and that was kind of something that I've always looked back on and, and have kind of been disappointed about. So um, to be able to play in a major championship and go to the U.S. Open and compete uh, will be really cool and probably the coolest uh, memory that I'll have in my life. I had a pretty cool uh, experience here in the newsroom at, at TSN uh, when we were, we were getting the results in. And someone said, how does he keep his game sharp if he's refereeing all winter? Is it like a normal Canadian who never gets the chance to, to practice in the winter? Or, or how do you keep your game sharp to get to this point where you can qualify for a major? I think it actually helps that I get to take some time off. Um, I mean, I'd be lying if I told you that I didn't take my clubs with me on the road. I probably played uh, 10 games um, during the season in, in various warm locations. Um, but it's it's good to transition from sports uh, I mean, growing up as a kid, I played hockey in the winter and then golf in the summer. So it's it's really no different now. And uh, you kind of come back and get into the swing of things with a fresh fresh outlook and, and, and a new mindset going into the new season. You're a bit of a rare beast in that you're a, a, an older amateur golfer. It seems these days anyone who has made the amateur ranks and is playing pretty well turn, eventually turns pro. But I know you told me once, that there's, you sort of have a, a group of you older amateurs that, that play in all the big tournaments and, and try to beat the young kids. That must be kind of a, a satisfying thing to do when it does happen. Yeah, for sure. I'm playing uh, I'm playing in the Dogwood Invitational this week in Atlanta, just about an hour south of where I qualified yesterday. And there's a ton of college bags here, and, and everyone's got a uh, size 30 waist of the white belt on. So <laughs> um, it's, it, it's kind of nice to, to kind of not – I wouldn't say really get some respect, but like kind of surprise the kids when they see that you're paired with them, and then you they're like, "Oh, this guy, this guy can actually play." And um, I don't think they really know what you've what you've kind of accomplished or the the tournaments that you've played in. Um, but uh, yeah, I love I love amateur golf, and and hey, when when you get the opportunities to play in the U.S. Amateur and the U.S. Open and uh, those kind of events, I mean, I'd be crazy to to stop playing. <laughs> um, what do you what do you know about uh, the setup that's going to be at Shinnecock? I'm sure you know what happened in 2004 there, but what are your expectations and, and what are you expecting to see when you get to the golf course? Um, I've seen some photos. I've never played Shinnecock, um, but uh, I've I've talked to a few of my buddies who have, and they said it's uh, D1 or, or driver on every hole, and, and that's a strength of mine. I love hitting my driver, and back on a lot of holes when they probably should be hitting through it, I just tee the driver lower and, and kind of tap it out there, so... I'm ex- I'm excited. Uh, I I have a better chance of doing well when when even par is a good score as opposed to ten under. So 
um, you know, just go out there, stay patient. And, and, and really for me, this is like a bonus. I'm, I'm just going to go out there and, and enjoy the experience of, of participating in a major championship. Well, all the best to you. We'll be looking forward to, to you and, uh, and hopefully good things will be happening. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it.